Hello to our amazing Grace World family of leaders. I want to say thank you for taking the time to download this leadership podcast. Um, We believe that everything in this house um, is contingent upon our leaders getting better. And so this time together is all about uh, taking a moment to drive leadership deep down into the depths of our organization as we continue to see the nature coast come to experience life in all of its fullness. And so uh, grab a cup of coffee, uh, grab a uh, pen, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you as today we dive into the topic of discussing our leadership values here at Grace World. Now, many of you are very much aware that we have been talking about a kingdom culture, kingdom values over the last year. These are the four values that have created the environment, the foundation upon which uh, we as Grace World inhabit. Uh, It is honor, humility, hunger, and holiness. These are kingdom values. And the reason why those values are so important is because we understand that honor creates an atmosphere. We honor God. Why? Because when we honor God, we invite heaven to come. We honor others because when we honor others, we actually invite them to come and experience the atmosphere that honor provides. Humility um, allows us to enter into that environment. You see, we have to lower ourselves to come into that place. And in other words, in order to honor, I have to walk in humility. If I'm going to lift someone else up, I have to lower myself. And so humility allows us to enter into the atmosphere that honor creates. Hunger, our third value, hunger is the means by which that we receive from the kingdom of God. Everything in the kingdom comes by way of hunger. And that's the reason why we want to continue to be a passionate church, which is always led by a passion for His presence. I want Grace World to be known as a church that hungers for the presence of the Lord. And then holiness allows us to remain. The Bible says that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We understand that holiness is not religious routine, but holiness is the result of having come into an encounter with the presence of God. And so when we let his life, his character become resident within us, reflective inside of us, uh, that allows us to remain in his presence because we're becoming more and more like him. And so honor creates an atmosphere. Humility allows us to enter. Hunger allows us to receive and holiness allows us to remain. For a year, we've talked about those four core values. And with our leadership team, with our dream team, we have talked about a leadership culture, but we have not taken time really to define what that leadership culture is or what we mean by that. And so over the next five uh, podcasts, what I want to do is I want to dive into our leadership behaviors that really define what it is to be in a leadership culture as we walk through the kingdom of God. And uh, before I jump into the first topic, I want to give you a little bit of an idea of how we got here. And so uh, over the last month and a half, uh, we've pulled together many different leaders. Some of you have probably been a part of these conversations where we have come in and we've talked about 
Uh, what are the things that are unique to Grace World? What are the things that make Grace World work? It's a unique church, and um, I believe it's the best in Florida. I believe it's the best in the Southeast, and I believe we have a culture that is incredible and one that we not only want to protect, we want to steward it and we want to grow it. In fact, we believe the only way you can protect it is to grow it. And so we've brought leaders together, and what we've done is we've taken time to ask the question, what makes us unique? What are the values, the behaviors that we expect of one another? What is it that we believe, if we could boil it down to just a few essentials, that these values um, will create a leadership culture that will allow us to be able to expand and increase as we know that we are called to? And so we came up with five leadership behaviors, and over the next five podcasts, I'm going to be sharing those with you. But today, we just want to take the first one, and that leadership behavior is this. Leaders lead leaders. In a leadership culture, leaders lead leaders. And I want to take a moment to talk about the invitation and the initiation of empowerment. You see, our leadership culture is based on the value of empowerment, Empowerment is what we mean when we say leaders lead leaders. We want to equip and empower leaders to lead, to do the work of ministry. And so simply stated, uh, when we say leaders lead leaders, we say it this way. I empower because our future depends upon it. I recruit and raise up leaders to do tomorrow what I am doing today, and I never tire of equipping others to lead, and I drive leadership deep into the organization, and as a result, multiply our ministry. Our shared future, our corporate future as a church, is contingent upon your ability to equip and empower, in other words, to lead leaders. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves always is this, who am I currently equipping and empowering? To dive into that, I want to take a moment just to look at the way that Jesus did it because I don't think that we could improve on his model. Jesus came and one of the first priorities that he had in ministry was to unearth 12 men that he would empower to do what he was doing. Later on, he said this, the works that you've seen me do, you're going to do more. Not only are you going to do these, you're going to do even more than these. Because when we empower, we actually multiply. And so Jesus, his first priority was to find 12 men that he would empower to do what he was doing. His last directive on earth was to delegate his most important work to all of his followers. And you and I, we call that today the Great Commission. And our world has been transformed because of Jesus's model of empowerment. Every single one of us and the nearly one billion people across planet Earth that consider themselves to be a Christ follower, they are there. Why? Because Christ empowered 12 men to carry on the work of the ministry. And so I want us to take a look at the beginning and the end of his ministry, the invitation to discipleship, as well as the initiation of the Great Commission. So let's do that. Let's take a, a moment and look at first the invitation. And I want to read from the Passion Translation because I love the way that it puts this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, After this, Jesus went up to the high hills to spend the whole night in prayer to God. At daybreak, he called together all of his followers and he selected 12 from among them. And he appointed them to be his apostles. And here were their names, Simon, whose name was Peter, 
Andrew, Peter's brother, Jacob, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, Jacob, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, known as the fiery political zealot, Judah, the son of Jacob, and Judas, the locksmith, who later betrayed Jesus. You see, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he invited 12 men to come into a close discipleship walk with himself. He then spent three years equipping these men and empowering them to do what he was doing. And I want you to take notice on how he chose his leaders. Did you catch it in Luke chapter 6? It says that after this, Jesus went up high into the hills and spent the whole night in prayer to God. And at daybreak, he called his followers together and then he selected from among them. So how did he choose his leaders? He did it prayerfully. What a novel thought, right? Jesus didn't choose his disciples based on their talent. He didn't choose them based on their charisma. He didn't look at the entire crowd and say, okay, now who stands out from amongst them? Who's got the most gifts? Who's got the most abilities? He chose them based on prayer. He sought God's direction, his father's direction on who he was supposed to pour himself into. And this is so important because so often what we will do is we'll look on the external And we'll see certain traits that we like because they stand out. And oftentimes these are the glowing charismatic traits of an individual. But what we don't see is the character that's underneath. You see, Jesus was looking for men that were going to show good, godly character. And so I absolutely love the way that he modeled it. He did it prayerfully. And then what else did he do? He chose them from amongst his followers. So it's important to note that Jesus took note of who was following him. He didn't just choose at random. You see, he had already been doing ministry. He had already had a crowd of people that were around him, following him, taking note of what he was doing. And from those, he prayed about them and he selected 12 from amongst them. John Maxwell quote that says that a leader without followers is simply taking a walk. I love that. And I'll add to it, a leader without followers is simply taking a walk. He or she may be moving, but they aren't leading a movement. You see, leaders lead movements. And a leader without followers is just going for a walk. But a leader with followers is creating a movement. And so it's important that we take note always of those that are around us that we're looking. Who are those that are paying attention to what we're doing? Who are those that are asking to be a part? And as we begin to see those that are around us, we start praying about them and asking the Lord to show us, are these ones that we're supposed to pour our life into, to raise up, to equip them and empower them? And so Jesus selects 12 from amongst them, and he begins to raise them up. Well, how did he do that? Well, Jesus used a proven discipleship model. Jesus did the ministry. He then called people to come follow him, and he continued to do the ministry while they watched. And then there came a time where they began to do ministry together. And then Jesus, after they had done ministry together, he allowed them to go out and do it. It's like when he sent out the 72 and he sent them out two by two and they came back reporting to him what they did. They did it and he watched. And then when he left, he left them to do it. And so the discipleship model is we do it, they watch. We do it together and then they do it and we watch. It's simple. We do it, they watch. We do it together, and then they do it as we watch. 
Jesus spent three and a half years doing that. And at the very end of his ministry, his time here on earth, he comes to the initiation. So the first part was the invitation to discipleship, and now he's initiating the work of the ministry. And again, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. This is Matthew 28, verse 16. It says, Meanwhile, the 11 disciples heard the wonderful news from the women and left for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still had lingering doubts. Then Jesus came close to them and said, All authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. We call this the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, and so I'm telling you to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you to do. So I want you to notice the massive work of transforming the world is a task that Jesus delegates to the church. Jesus did not, in his three and a half years, transform the world. No, he created, uh, empowered the leaders that would be the world changers. I love it when it, I, the, the way that I've said it before in the past, Jesus spent three and a half years modeling before 12 men what a world changer looked like. And at the end of that three and a half years, he then looks at them and says, now you go change the world. He delegated the task of changing the world to the church. His ministry focused not on him changing the world, but raising up a handful of world changers. And he said to them, go change the world. Now, if Jesus, the son of God, chose to empower people to build the church and disciple people, how much more so must we take note of his model and work together? You see, if you and I together build people, then together we will build something great. You see, when you empower the right people, those people feel valued and they grow in their leadership and you are allowed to focus elsewhere, and whatever you're leading becomes stronger. That's the power of empowerment. You see, you and I, we've got a decision to make. There's two things. You can have control over your work, you can have complete control, or you can have growth, but you cannot have both. You can choose it. You can say, you know what? It's important to me. I, I want to keep a, a spirit of excellence. I want to. No one's going to do it the way that I'm going to do it, and so I'm going to control it. Well, if you do that, you stunt your growth. Or you can delegate. You can empower, and what you'll get is growth. You can't have both, so you have to ask yourself the question, who is it that I'm going to empower? You see, when you and I are the only one leading, your leadership lid becomes the corporate leadership lid. I believe that Jenna and I have uh, probably a leadership lid if we were just simply do it by ourselves. that's going to cap out at about 300. That's what I think effectively together we could amass, that if we just did all the work, all the ministry ourselves, and we strained ourselves to the very end, that we would reach about 300. 
Well, we know that Grace World is called to go far above and beyond that. In fact, Grace World is already bigger than that. And so in order for us to be able to minister, not only to the ones that the Lord has blessed this house with, but to the ones that he's called us to reach, we're going to have to raise the leadership lid of the house. And the only way that that works is if we begin to come together, work together, build together, and together we lift the lid. And so let me ask you a couple questions that I think that you need to take uh, into prayerful consideration. The very first one is this, is who is it that you are inviting in? Who are you inviting into your life to begin to walk that discipleship empowerment journey together? Who are you praying about right now? Who are you praying for? Who's in your top three Who's in that Peter, James, and John circle for you? You see, Jesus, he had many, many followers, and in his followers, he had a core of people. But even within that core, he had 12, and even within the 12, he had three. He had Peter, James, and John, those that were the closest. Those were the leaders that he was pouring himself most intently into. So who's in your top three? And who are you eyeballing to be in your 12? Who are the 12 leaders that you're calling around you? Who are the three that tomorrow could pick up and just run with what you're doing today? So who is it that you're inviting in? And right now, it might just be one person, but that's where you're beginning. And over the next year, you'll see that begin to multiply. So the first question is, who is it that you're inviting in? The second question is, what are you doing today that a leader can do tomorrow? What is it that you're doing today? What task, what responsibility are you doing today that a leader could do tomorrow? You see, maybe you have a report, maybe you have a task, maybe you have an upcoming project. Why not consider delegating that? Especially if it's something that you realize, you know what, this is something that I'm, I'm passionate about. This is something that I want to see take place. But maybe it's not the most important thing that you need to be focused in on. Why not consider delegating that to one of those three that are in your circle? You say, well, they won't do it the way that I do it. They're not going to do it with the excellence that I do it at. Well, I love, I love something that Craig Rochelle says. He says, if someone can do something at 50% as well as you do, and they show potential to develop, then delegate it and watch them grow. I guarantee there's something that you're proficient at now that somebody once entrusted you with. And maybe up front, you didn't do it as well as you can do it now, but you developed into it. And so whenever you and I, we look at the leaders that are in our circle and we begin to delegate to them, we watch them to begin to develop and grow. So what is it that you can give away and who can you give it to and how will you develop and train them? Remember, leaders lead leaders. You and I equip and we empower because our shared future is dependent upon it. When we lead leaders, we lift the lid of this organization. And so to begin in talking about what the leadership culture of Grace World looks like, we have to embrace that uh, that behavior of leading leaders and asking ourselves the question, who am I equipping and who am I empowering today to do what I do tomorrow? So what can you give away? Who can you give it to? And how will you develop and train them? On your notes, you'll see that there's one, two, three uh, listed. That's for you to prayerfully take into consideration and to begin to write down who are those top three leaders that you have in your life that right now could do what you're doing. And if you don't have them, let's start praying about it. In fact, why not take a moment now and pray with me? Let's say, Father, we thank you for trusting us to lead some of your people. 
Lord, we ask, who is it that we should be empowering and what is it that we need to be empowering them to do? Father, we ask for your wisdom in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Jenna and I absolutely love you. We're so thankful for you. And I'm thankful that we get to do this together. Why? Because we are better together. Next month, we'll unveil leadership value number two. But over the next four weeks, take some time to really let this dive deep into you as we start to let this dive deep into the organization. God bless you.